Thanks for downloading the Nightcap Series 3 sponsored by Guzborns. Uh, we're about to play Episode 3 in a second. Thanks so much for downloading. Um, this may be your first one or your 20, 20th one, I think. But um, just to set the scene, I'm in my studio again. Paul is at home uh, through technology. We're chatting now. How you doing, mate? How you getting on? Yeah, not bad. Nice day out in the garden. Yeah. Yeah, what are you, what are you up to in the garden? Anything fun? Um, been making spiders webs with the kids. <laughs> with what? Yeah. I don't, what twigs, twigs and twine. Of course. They look, they look nice. I'm pretty proud of it, to be fair. <laughs> Anything to keep them happy. <laughs> Love the drill. <laughs> um, so it was about it's two weeks ago since the James Martin appearance on his brand new Saturday morning show. That went down a storm, didn't it? Like I couldn't believe the reaction online. Loads of people loving what you did. Um, and I remember when you came back... You said that it was one of your favourite TV experiences, like how the day was set up uh, at his house um, and stuff. It, it was, yeah. It was like definitely was one of the best I've done. It's a great team, really relaxed. It's it looks like it's live on the telly. It's really clever how they do it and they make it feel live. But obviously, because they don't really edit it and chop it too much, like yeah. cut bits out of it. But you'd never know as uh, a consumer watching. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just really great people. James is a great guy and um, just a lovely show to do. Yeah. I, a couple of things. Firstly, that wine was going down, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was about uh, it was about the same sort of time as well. We filmed my slot quite. Um, I think, oh no, sorry, the slot where I was drinking the wine before. Yeah. Filmed that about half nine, ten. <laughs> really? In the morning? You notice later in the show, I was on the tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight back on it. And also, um, the fact that, I mean, I cannot believe after all that, what is the name of our podcast? What the... Who knows? <laughs> I, just, I did uh, a few days later I met up with you and Ollie and I did fess yeah. up straight away didn't you I? did yeah yeah like, you sure came in but no you said I thought from memory I think you were like I may or may not have said the nightcap and we were like what <laughs> it was like and you were just like I can't I definitely talked about it but I just can't remember whether I ever actually said the name of it and I was like oh <laughs> it's it's so hard though I mean it is relaxing I'm relaxed when you do it yeah exactly your adrenaline's going yeah and obviously you're cooking you, you're conscious you want to talk about things and they asked me before what I wanted to talk about and I said mainly the cookery school and the podcast they're the two things yeah. I didn't really want to talk about the kickstarter because I have loads and I don't want it to look like I keep going on about that but sure. they they brought that up they so love that don't they thing, it's a good and then story talking about the restaurant talking about the star I and mean, it's only like an eight minute slot so you're just like trying to fire information every time I've done shows like that or sat in the kitchen you're always oh, I didn't say this I didn't say that yeah, yeah. but you, you, you just can't there's a lot I mean, for you to remember whilst you're cooking like it's proper multitasking yeah and I think because I'm so relaxed and like I'm chatting to a mate while I'm cooking I wasn't I wasn't really thinking about right I've got to promote the name and stuff yeah just of course kind of take it for granted but I was like oh what a dickhead I love it mate. I've had a bit of stick for it but. yeah <laughs> and that, but that pasta dish went down well like James was clearly digging it and they were all tasting it and loving it like did it take you a while to decide that you were going to do that dish I've never done that dish before in my life oh really to be honest fuck that's pretty brave mate no I mean it's like um, you know I've done annulotti loads goat's curd annulotti mm. and I've done all the elements you know sort of the little fricassees and things and just put it together and it would work I was working on um, a slightly different dish and I wasn't happy with it for the show so I put it together the I mean, we filmed it on Friday so like the Saturday before I put it together so that's lovely it's got we were going to do a version of it on the taster menu uh, okay um, 
but obviously we can't now. Yeah, of course. Um, it would have been great, great to do that, and it would have been a slightly smaller, more refined version of that. Yeah. Same dressing, same veg, same antilossi. Um, so yeah, it's just dumbed down and a bit more substantial for the show. Yeah, look, oh, look, banging, mate. And I, people can go and rewatch it, can't they? It's on the catch up. ITV's ITV player is it still called that? I don't even know. The ITV. I don't know. It's changed thing. name a few times, didn't they? ITV. There's too many. I sound old now. I'm like ITVB yeah. and ITV Four Plus Seven. What the hell? <laughs> No idea. But yeah, go and watch it and comment us at The Nightcap on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know your thoughts on Paul's Dish and his appearance on the show. Also, thank you to Guzborns. Remember, you can visit their website today at guzborn.com to order some of their rarest and hardest to find wines for a very limited period only. All of this is going on still with the lockdown. They're still uh, taking orders and it's with free delivery and no minimum order requirement either. Um, let's get into episode three then. I've just realised we've rambled on for a lot and this is a long episode anyway, isn't it? This is one of the longest <laughs> yeah, ones we yeah. ever did. It's a good uh, one. It's deep. Yeah, it is deep. That is, that is good. We'll tease it and leave it there. Enjoy. Welcome to The Nightcap, life behind the Michelin star, a late night lock-in here where some of the best chefs in the country candidly discuss and debate all things culinary over a few drinks. Episode 3 of Series 3. Have we done 20 now? We must have done 20. Yeah, we're doing Christmas special, it's 20, yeah. Yeah, 20, yeah. love it. How have yeah. we got here? Right now I'm sat upstairs at Salt in Strapped Up and Avon, Shakespeare's home in the heart of Warwickshire. It's 10 o'clock at night, service is wrapping up downstairs. Let me introduce myself and what the hell we're all doing here. I'm Simon Alexander, podcaster, producer and daytime cooking show contestant. To my left, playing host, Michelin star head chef and owner of Salt, Mr. Paul Foster. How you doing? You all right, yeah? Good, thanks, mate. And our guest today is owner and head chef of Michelin starred restaurant Story in London, Bridge. It's Mr. Tom Sellers. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. <laughs> you sure? Yes. Good, good. That was just the creepy eye you No, were no, I'm good. Okay. I like eye contact, man. Okay, okay, I'll... Right, I'll it's remember important, that. though. I'll you not think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's intense. I like that. Definitely. I just think it's important. <laughs> How was dinner, firstly? Did you have a good time downstairs? Hello. No, it was great. Thank you very much. Yeah? Um, yeah. Come on. What is there to say? Oh, uh, really? No, it was great. I think, um, first time I've eaten Paul's food, actually. Is it? Yeah, yeah. first time. Yeah. Ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what you expected? Yeah, I think so, in the sense of kind of like ingredient led, seasonal, mm-hmm. like flavor first. Mm. Like, yeah, so if I've said anything wrong there, we can et- cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like. No, that's exactly what we ate. Yeah, for, like yeah. ingredient led, flavor, flavor first, seasonal, like good technique. Like awesome. good cooking, just generally good cooking, man. When oh, you yeah. when you go out and eat at other people's restaurants, do you go, "Well, that's clever. I'll take that back with me." Uh, we had this conversation yeah. earlier. Um, <laughs> listen, man, I'm just fucking real. If someone does something good, I'm like, "Yeah, I get it." Like, I think I have too much integrity to just like literally copy rip it and off. Paste. Yeah, yeah like sure. I think that. Listen, man, if you could own IP in cooking, you'd be fucking so rich. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, but you would. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, I did that. Yeah, yeah. Like, here's yeah. the IP. Oh, you can use it, but it's going to cost you X. Or, like, think of a music artist. They make a song. Yeah. And then Vox will come along and go, oh, we don't want to use that song for our next course or advert. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, so no true, problem. Yeah. Cha-ching. Yeah. Actually, I... You, you know, know, like, it, it just doesn't work like that in our industry. When I see chefs do uh, TV shows and they cook in front of an audience or they're on Masterchef Professionals, and I'm, I'm thinking, on there what? must be other chefs on out what? there. On what? 
MasterChef The Professionals no I've not no. seen it no? <laughs> is it good it's alright no. I mean it's, it might not be your cup of tea no. but it, when I see them do dishes on there and I'm thinking there must be someone out there going that's mine I've just that's my but there's no you can't copyright food can you no. that's, that's, well, I had it only last week uh, a chef I'm not going to mention his name he posted Pussy. Uh, I'll tell you after <laughs> I'll tell you after he, you wouldn't know him anyway um, he posted oh, that, a recipe that was a rip that was yeah. in the paper oh, no. right massive paper the recipe that's mine that's in my cookbook exactly the same oh my claimed God. it is his I did not know so that. I contacted him so you're taking the piss I use the same spices in my fried chicken as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the paper what did he say did he he was like he was just oh yeah sorry I shouldn't have I should have put in the tweet that I learned it from you but in the paper it was his and it's my very specific unique recipe wow and yeah the paper took it down because that's obviously copyright because it's in my book the yeah, recipe is exactly, exactly oh, the point. same it's published gram to gram yeah fucking naughty yeah look, just, I think my opinion not, your original question was do you ever go somewhere and like want to take an idea away uh-huh. well not not as cynically as that but does it inspire yeah. you when you go out or can you just switch man, off and enjoy on. it this industry is full of talent mm-hmm. like I'm you know there's nothing but you have to appreciate what's around you. Like you think about any other industry, like take sport, take music, take whatever, like an artist drives an artist, you know, an athlete drives an athlete. A chef should drive a chef. You know, you talk about the Messi Ronaldo debate. Yeah. yeah. That debate only fucking happens because there's two of them and, yeah. and more, each other more. yeah come on like yeah exactly you have to look at it that way and say I was saying to Paul earlier I ate in a restaurant last year twice I went there for lunch with Tom Akins who was a chef that I used to work with um, and I'm super close to on many levels and we went to a restaurant in uh, Stockholm called Franson oh yeah we talked about this uh, before because you went there yeah I went yeah. last year as well. listen it's the best meal of my life by yeah. Uh, yeah by a long shot and I I was very fortunate in my career you know I worked I, I probably worked for three of the best chefs of our generation you know I, I started with Tom Akins and I th- if you anyone that is super into into the industry I, I would happily s- say openly that 15 years ago he was light years ahead of, of yeah. many chefs in this country really I don't I know yeah. too many people say that so it's really cool to yeah. know that yeah. Yeah. I'd say that like deal. you ask any two or three star chef right now in this country who who kind of led the way and I think that's where you know we always talk about accolades and, and recognition but sometimes you don't in life you don't always get what you deserve mm-hmm. and rightly or wrongly I think that He's a cook's cook. I think anyone that is embedded yeah, in the industry. Yeah, that's a cool way to put it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, but like for real, you know. And he, he, he was like, look, I want to go to France and come with me. I knew of the restaurant, but I didn't know much of it. In, the, in another way, I was like, yeah, I know, obviously, and I've heard of it. But mm-hmm. I went there and I was like, I just came away and I said to Paul earlier, I was like, it was like annoyingly good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's yeah. fucking cool, right? I know because what you mean, yeah. when you spent your whole life like dedicated to your craft, like every day like 24 hours a day and you know I was super young when I opened my restaurant yeah and you know working for Thomas Keller and Rene and Rene was super progressive and forward when we, uh, with our time in Noma 
and then you're like fuck you go somewhere and you go it's not that even he did something that you'd never seen but I was saying to Paul just the whole guest journey mm, yeah like was so on point it's like Nail it. No, you just Every go back and you're like, fuck, I need to get back in the gym. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. you think, shit, I spent my whole life and I'm like, there's just levels to this shit. Yeah. That is genuinely levels. Mm -hmm. I just recognize it. And it's like that confusing mix of being really inspired and pissed off that it's like, oh, yeah, God, I do. Yeah, that, like, there's another level pissed out off, there. But not yeah. pissed off, kind of just like, I'm not pissed off because I believe I can obtain that level. But you just got you just got to recognise you got to work to it, and there are levels, mm -hmm. and that's the reality. And it takes time, and it takes not only yourself but a team of people yeah, yeah. to work fucking hard every day, share a common goal, stay hyper focused. And for me, I was always so big on like identity. Like we talk about the whole joking about like IP with chefs and recipes, like you know. I've always been known for being outspoken, but actually I think I've just been known for being spoken. Mm. Like not so many people are scared to speak. I, the biggest thing I, I, when I stepped away from Noma, I think what I took away from Rene was like, identity is so important. Yeah. And I think when we opened Story seven years ago almost, like the whole candle, like mm. the, the, we, we try, I, I just had an opinion of, like if you're gonna do anything, just try and be original. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd rather I'd rather fail in originality than like succeed in imitation. Yeah. And and listen, don't get me wrong. Of course, I took so much influence from the people I worked with, but on the flip side of that, I felt like I'd earned that. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't just dip in and out with these chefs. Like I worked along. I worked shoulder to shoulder with Tom. I worked shoulder to shoulder with Chef Earned Keller. Stripes, yeah, yeah. I worked shoulder to shoulder with Rene. And it's like you know what. Like, for example, Rene's whole philosophy on, like, how he finds acidity through vinegars and herbs and preserving and pickling yeah. and fermentation. Like, eight years ago, that shit was, like, just coming to the boil. Mm. I'd been in and amongst it when Rene was, like, super absorbed in it. When he did the whole piso thing, like yeah. the miso with peas. And I remember him starting that journey when I was working at Noma and then to obviously see it later on when he put it in the book and you think like you're not the it's not a righteous thing but you feel like okay well I'm actually allowed to like go and start doing pickles and preserves at Story we I took that philosophy on mm. probably more than the most seven years ago yeah but I felt like you know I just I felt like I deserved it like yeah, a little bit awesome. like, yeah I've been involved it mm. wasn't just a I didn't pick up the book and just read about it and go, oh, we should do that. Mm. I had a true understanding of what it meant and how yeah. to use it. So you can take the philosophy, but then apply it to your own stuff. And that's what you mean about originality, I guess. Yeah, I think you yeah, have to have... Not a many people were doing it around that time as well, because it's picked up since his book, since, you know, just that sort of snowball effect of chefs picking up on it and copying it. And chefs not understanding it because they've not been in there, really. So it kind of yeah. been in vogue a couple of years... But I think there's it doing was cool it before that, and then there's owning it. Yeah. yeah, Rene owned it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then there's like doing it, and I think that in the end you get caught out. Mm -hmm. mm. If you're not owning that, you get caught out. Yeah, like totally. you do. You get exposed. Like it's short lived. Yeah, and 
I, yeah, I just felt that we didn't want to be, we didn't want to fall into that category. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll talk. We'll come back to restaurant story in a second. But just to get everyone up to speed, this is what we're going to be doing on today's podcast. We're going to be talking about story and pairing music with food, food critics and reviews. We'll delve uh-huh. into that as well, which would be fun. Well, we and <laughs> and we'll be taking some of your questions you've sent us via the Nightcap Twitter and Instagram pages, plus the usual bits, boiling point, and we've got some TripAdvisor reviews and cooking uh, hacks and myths for you too. Yeah. But before we get into it all, as always, this is a nightcap. So once again, for the series three, we're opening a beautiful bottle of Gusborn's finest every episode today. No sponsor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. He's <laughs> oh, no, a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. My guys. Yeah. Splash it away. <laughs> what have we yeah, got, mate? Pass it around. So the Pinot Noir that we've had a few times, but ah, lovely. this is an Can old Remy one. get a glass? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll yeah, share yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no, like, it's family, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, can sweet. have some. It's up here. So uh, this is the 2016. We normally have the 2018, but I found this bottle. Oh, yeah. It's been hidden Down away. Down the sofa. There's some loose change. Um, so, yeah, I thought we'd enjoy it tonight. Boys, you want a glass, girls? Is the... Is the yeah, you drink on the jungle? Yeah, of course I can. It's a nightcap. Right, right. The oh, best yeah, 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 the game, isn't it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Have you had this before? I haven't. No. Sorry, sorry. Paul was fucking in there. <laughs> that. I'm so rude. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that bit. <laughs> no, so, so this best, was... The what best great? English Pinot Noir this is, I think. Oh, it's personally. a big shout, bro. I think so. Oh, man. Remy, let me know what you think. That is... Right now, I want you know the song with ASAP Rocky and um, Rod Stewart. Every day I spend my time drinking wine. (laughs) Big tune. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. So nice. Good find. Wherever you found it, I'm pleased you did. Yeah, the smell I found it somewhere. Don't know where. It's It's probably hiding it from himself. Gusborne said you can contact my management or myself directly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go back to Restaurant Story then. I'm so fascinated by this place. So for those that don't know, um, it's in a little pocket of London, 10 table restaurant, right? Yeah. So small, small, intimate place. It's all around this idea of uh, what's fresh and now and British, but the story element, I mean, the names in the title is so close to your heart. And I can tell that just from everything you've already said and looking at everything from your socials, your website, it's it's ingrained in you that it's more than just what's on the plane, it's everything else. Give people a little insight as to how Restaurant Story came about for you. Well, I guess it started... So I shit everything else. And <laughs> so by default, <laughs> cooking. No, you know what it was, right? Like, I always talk about this, like, on serious talk, and I hope that, like, young chefs will listen to this. Like, our industry, the beauty of it is that it kind of accepts anyone, like, genuinely. Mm. And, like, you have a, a freedom to express yourself. So that's how I fell into cooking, mm-hmm. because... Not that I was lost in my way, but education wasn't for me. I came from a very working class kind of background and I fell into a kitchen that instantly accepted me and it offered many things. It offered, it was many stimulants, hierarchy, discipline, all of the things that I needed Mm -hmm. as a young man, Um, not even a man, I'd probably say a boy. Um, And that's how my journey started for sure. And then I... Like, you know, you then I, you know, you put in fifteen years of work, and then you story came about from the simple premise of that I just wanted to be a winner. So it's like, well, if I'm <laughs> going to be a chef, I'm going to open a restaurant. Yeah, um, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, one plus one equals two. <laughs> Quick maths, and 
like people people ran away with the story idea I, I like laugh now but like oh really yeah a little bit because it was like oh what this doesn't have a story like every single thing like no this this but the reality is of course everything has a story like I picked a specific wine glass for a reason mm-hmm. but it was more like when I named the restaurant story I named it story because the bigger picture like I spent fucking 15 years working 22 hours a day like dedicated to a craft that promised me nothing really in return Mm -hmm. and when I had the opportunity to to go and do my thing I wanted it to be as true to who I was everything I cook is an influence on my life whether it was my childhood my upbringing my parenting the chefs I worked for the environments I was in like it all played a part in the food that I cook day to day yeah and you know you can be really like I'll cook a certain way I'll run my kitchen a certain way like the apron that Paul's wearing right now I only ever wore that apron from the age of 18 because I worked with Thomas Keller and the blue apron thing was a massive thing and mm. I I had hundreds of chefs reach out to me when I opened story where'd you get that apron from really yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> apron. no but hundreds yeah. I don't even you actually know if you reached apron, out to me and asked where the apron was from maybe no, or may, no I don't, I don't but Thing, yeah. yeah, but like, so like, oh, where'd you get there weren't that comment about that. No, no, like, yeah, yeah, like you could yeah. probably vouch for that. And like, mm-hmm. no, and he's reaffirming. But like, it was just like, I had certain mentalities. So like, this is the route we're going to follow, the yeah. green tape. Yeah. The, like, and I know I made no qualms about that's copy and paste. Like, because I went in an environment that was like, okay, this is how I want to operate. Mm-hmm. And like, if you take setting up your stall basically if you take the French laundry in per se for example everything about the environment that they created their methodology their culture I still strive towards every day and I would say that we're nowhere near as good as as good as them yet and that frustrates me but also I know that we're on the right path and for me I pay homage to the people that I worked alongside that taught me a certain way to operate Mm mhm and to conduct myself and I make no qualms about it wasn't my I wasn't the first person to use green tape I wasn't the first person to wear that apron Mm. I wasn't the first person to work in a certain manner but I took from I worked alongside the best because I wanted to learn from them and I wanted to take that to shape what stories become yeah but the whole premise of story was it was bigger than just Oh, this dish has a story per se. Sure. But some dishes do, of course, yeah. have a Every story. Every dish had a story to the customer. It'd feel a bit contrived, wouldn't yeah, it? Would, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's the bigger picture, like you say, the story of you, your career, yeah. how the restaurants come about. I think I just felt like everything, everything behind the scenes had a narrative. Yeah. Yes. Of, yeah. Of, it was personal to you. Of yeah. some guys, and the narrative is is what ultimately makes. The experience more powerful. Mm. Yeah, oh, it, definitely. Yeah. yeah, right. If you, if it's you, the same idea of uh, when a film is based on a true story, it impacts you exactly. Or you, you watch know. a guy that then like becomes like I don't know, wins the Super Bowl, but then you hear his story and he came from the gutter, yeah, he was injured and, for two years, yeah, and he stuff, came back yeah, and yeah. like then you're like, okay, the emotionally Im- invested, yeah, yeah, exactly that. So I think that 
that was kind of my thought process in regards to like what we're going to do with story how we're going to approach it either behind the scenes or one of those dishes have you got anything that epitomizes that for us where you go oh yeah I did create this one dish or is there there's a thing we do and that's because you know, yeah there's several I think like probably the, the dish that most people talked about at the beginning and obviously has evolved over time but still plays a huge part in the in the restaurant is the candle yeah I've had oh, the you, candle yeah yeah well Tom Tom tell you better but yeah. it's uh, it's a beef beef fat candle yeah, yeah. it looks Essentially. just like That's it looks so like a candle cool. so it's lit at the table and you dip your bread in it yeah it's oh, fucking fantastic awesome. does the whole thing melt away straight away or does it go slowly no, it takes like time and it's quite tall isn't it it's like decent yeah, it's size okay. yeah, yeah. yeah like I guess like yeah I probably have the balls to say it but like people talk about originality and stuff and it's like you know I'd say that it's probably one of the most original dishes in the last decade yeah, it like, stands out. Like yeah. when I put the beef candle on, I don't think anyone had ever done it before. Mm-hmm. It's one of those dishes. I that might be wrong to Instagram, and because sure. it's I might be wrong. It's got a show-stopping element yeah. to it. Where, where did it come from then? What, what? My father. You know, we, I come from a working-class family in the north, and my father ate bread and dripping. And um, I actually worked when I was at Noma. I was working. There was a few British guys there. And actually, we used to do this thing called projects. So at the end of the night, we'd you'd, you'd take it in turns to produce a dish for Rene, and he would basically fucking either rip it apart or tell you that it was amazing. <laughs> One extreme or the other. Yeah, but like, you live for that shit, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm standing probably in front of the best chef in the world right now, and he's even giving you the time to, mm-hmm. to critique your food. And through that period another British chef who I will name because I don't care his name is Tom Anglesey he has um, the he has a restaurant in Shoreditch now the heart um, is it the heart uh, I'm not sure uh, yeah I'm not sure I know I've heard the name yeah, the yeah. laughing heart the laughing oh, heart okay. yeah, yeah. yeah he he was like oh I'm, like because they used to do this pork butter uh, whipped pork fat at Noma mm-hmm. so oh, do you think you could make it a candle blah 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 and then nothing ever came of it and then I just like that stuck with me and then I went home and then we talked about bread and dripping and then one day I'm like looking at this candle and it's like dripping and then next minute voila you have champagne right like boom yeah, <laughs> no, and I was just yeah, yeah. like can we make a candle and then I looked in the history of how like candles previously used to be made from tallow which yeah. was fat not obviously for edible yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah and then I was like then I spent fucking hundreds of hours like temperature time whipped fat not whipped fat seasoning rendering yes. how do I make it stay white you can't fast yeah. track that process can yeah you right have to go it, through no and it was literally like yeah like yeah. literally you know and then that was always going to be I always said like I'm going to serve that dish I'm going to serve it with pride mm. like it has such a, a story to me personally like I had a very fractious relationship with my father so like it was kind of like it had a lot of personal meaning to me and then I'll never forget one day I was sitting in Clapham in a Starbucks believe it or not um, not drinking coffee <laughs> and I was interviewing um, a pastry chef. Her name was Francesca. She wanted to be the pastry chef of Story. She'd been at El Cella de Camroca. And we would, I was telling her about my I- idea conceptually of the candle. And there was, this is a fucking true story, by the way. There's, a, there's an old lady sitting like 10 feet away from me, clearly earwigging. Yeah. But when I say old, like 
I'm talking minimum 80. Yeah. Right. Like, we ain't messing. Super shit. old. Yeah, she, no, but she ain't 55. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Fine. Yeah. And we're talking about this. And I finished the interview with the pastry chef. And I was sitting there and, like, just in my own world. And she got up to leave and she walks across. And as she walks across, she folded a little piece of paper, which I think, actually, we took a photo of and is in my book, but I can't remember. And she just slid it across the table to me. And she said, I just listened to your story about the bread and dripping. She said, I had that as a child. You must serve it with this. And she just pushed no across way. the table. And she, she basically said that when she had it in her house, she, that her father and mother would serve, serve it with fresh celery. Wow. Like okay. a celery stick on the side. Yeah. yeah. Like with the fat and the, yeah, yeah. And the dripping. Mm-hmm. So then I took that away and then obviously thought about it and processed it and when we serve the bread and dripping now you get the candle you get the bread you get the beef extract which is like roasted shins cooked down in with marmite and yeast oh, and stuff yeah, yeah, basically yeah. like bovril yeah but natural yeah. yeah and then on the side we do a pickled uh, celery because and horseradish woman. relish wow. that kind of cuts through everything nice. and that's genuinely where that came from no that's so yeah, cool yeah, yeah. that is and, so cool and, and, and do you know what it did like now it just like completely reaffirmed to me like the power of a story mm. yeah yeah, yeah exactly. it really does and that like fuck like just totally random yeah it's, man yeah. like and that, like for me it was like the beauty of that is like so pure mm-hmm. like so yeah. respect if you're still alive. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, how long no, ago like is that? bigger. To like, uh, go on, yeah, like go on. She, she's downloading podcasts. She knows. What she's doing. <laughs> no, but like, come on, like you know. Hundred percent. Have you got? Do you, I've never really sort of talked to you about that. But have you got like any dishes that you go? Actually, yeah, that was because of. Because they're like not not really no nothing that ties nothing way. directly everything links down back to through nostalgia in some way doesn't mm-hmm. it yeah um, like the the only thing really I use a lot of malt in the cooking our bread we use malt and we yeah. you know, we make like that malt sourdough with the malt on top and it's malt that flavour is always remind I grew up in pubs so it's reminded me of the smell of, of the salad yeah. and it just takes me straight back there when I taste taste the bread so yeah. probably that yeah. but nothing as direct as that but there's loads of little things you wouldn't even know. So your subconscious brings it through it? we talked yeah. about it with Johnny last week on the podcast about you know it's, it's Johnny, music, Johnny, oh, Johnny the Flying Fish, fish. Yeah, yeah everyone knows Legends. <laughs> <laughs> about how it's you know food uh, music smells they just take you to a place in time yeah. involuntarily you don't have to try so powerful, it just makes you yeah. and, and I couldn't you told me about this about the whole music and food thing and that is such a unique I don't think we spoke to anyone about that can you tell us a bit about this Thing you've designed to do is music pairing music with food because that oh, sounds yeah, we did the beat. So I remember yeah, seeing I think, Instagram, but I don't know. Yeah, I think that. the media just fucking run away with shit. To I did they? <laughs> I wasn't, it wasn't as profound as it sounded. No, it is, but it isn't. Right, okay. okay. Like, I shouldn't say that my like Apple and Beats right now are like Tom shut up. <laughs> but, like, no, like basically, I wanted to play music from the day I opened my restaurant. Mm. But then it was the question of what the fuck do you play? Yeah, mm. it's hard to know, isn't it? The catering like, for you or the people who are coming in? It's so, so, range it's so subjective. Mm. Yeah. But then you think, but so the fuck is food? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Point, yeah. you know? And then, so basically we didn't play, basically I, I was 25, I was opening a restaurant. I was like, let's just worry about the food. Mm-hmm. So fuck it, we're not playing music. Right. Mm. Oh, so it's just silent. Yeah. And then... I guess it was about two years ago I lose track of time but I kind of like 
completely went back to the drawing board. I was like, fuck it, we're, we're reinventing story, but we're not. We're keeping everything that, in essence, what story represents, but I want to go back to the drawing board and I want to ask questions about every single aspect of what we do. And one of them aspects, obviously, I felt that from a, a guest point of view that, like, an experience must be multifaceted from a creative perspective and how do we enhance what we do and listen I love music right who fucking doesn't mm-hmm. right of course and I what was ironic was I listen to music all the time like I draw a lot I, when I look at menus or in my own time if I'm in the car if I'm in the gym music plays a huge part and it can be anything from fucking Tupac to Elton John to whatever it might be um, and I was like, you know what? Like, we need to give this more thought. Mm-hmm. So I went away and I have friends in the music industry purely down to like, I kind of came semi-successful as a chef and then you meet other successful people. But I'm kind of like, I like to think that I'm pretty down to earth and like, if I befriend someone, it's purely because I actually think they're a good person. Mm-hmm. And I managed to like come fairly close to Stephen Professor Green and like Tiny Temper and Rudimental and these guys that we've done stuff with collectively with brands and I didn't really lean on them for anything I just watched them work Mm -hmm. and tried to understand their narrative and their dynamic and then I came back to the team and it literally just came to me and I was like I was dry I never forget I was driving in my car and I rang my GM and I was like I know what we're going to do for the music the restaurant was closed at the time because we were doing the refurb I said I've got it and it was like 6am and she's like chef (laughs) her first question her first question was like have you been to bed and I was like don't be an idiot listen I was like basically I'm going to write to like I said a hundred but that just number because it sounds good yeah, yeah. sure yeah. it's probably more like fucking 32 yeah. <laughs> but I said I'm going to write to a hundred chefs yeah. around the world either peers that I respect people that I've met or I know or have worked for or whatever and I'm going to ask them to give me their favourite songs mm-hmm. yeah for whatever reason it can be one song it can be fucking ten yeah and then we're going to give that super eclectic mix of music to someone that knows what the fuck they're doing like rudimental yeah. and say just put that together so it works yeah right. and she was like yeah but it's gonna be like really weird Tom because you're gonna have like one song to another song and I said yeah but that's the beauty it doesn't matter because when the guest goes why the fuck did I just listen to Wham and now why am I listening to Kanye West <laughs> but then when the wait no but then when the waitress goes well actually what what chef did was he he spoke to a hundred people that you know chefs from around the world and he asked them for their favorite music and then we gave it to someone that lives and breathes music and we just asked them to put it together mm. instantly you go okay i don't like the song but i get it yeah i yeah. get the story just, behind yeah. it there's a meaning yeah. it's not just right the sake like, of it yeah, yeah. Mm. and i was like and then it was like it it like completely eliminates like well why are you playing that music yeah mm. Yeah, and I actually fucking like now like walking into my restaurant and some guys like chowing down on caviar or like white truffles and they're listening to Tupac <laughs> <laughs> or Stormzy it is great no like, like genuinely yeah. yeah you know yeah. 
eating with the mother of Pearl Spoon and Storms is like spitting bars. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this is this is where I, this is where I want to be. Yeah, yeah. Like genuinely, so cool. like, and that's how it came about. And I guess just that whole like power power of narrative, and like we have a meaning behind why we do it. We stay true to it. We enjoy it. We embrace it. Do you then it. update it, or is it like the yeah? Same? Now I just do fucking random shit like <laughs> yeah. um, Aaron or people know him as Daz from Hand and Flowers. Oh, he came, to, yeah, he came to see me the other week about a new venture he's doing. Mm. Big shout out! Yeah. yeah, I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and I, and he he had lunch, and at the end I said, okay, you need to give me a song. He's like, yeah. why? I was like, to put it on the playlist. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and he was like. Oh, I can't. I can't give you now. Too much pressure. Yeah. I was like, cool. About three hours later, he just WhatsApped me. Yeah. Oh, can you remember what it was? Yeah, in excess, mystify. Wow, yeah, I would okay, not have yeah. picked that. Yeah. I do know the song. I, I expected yeah. Mollis to go something a bit more poppy, no. yeah, and it's on yeah. the playlist. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and we will just do stuff like that. Yeah. And that, listen, do you want the staff ask, try and you? fucking sneak it in? Do you want to ask Paul now? Or? <laughs> well, I was, we don't have to. Really. No, I was going to be honest. Uh, he'll WhatsApp me. No, no. <laughs> no, let's put him on the spot. So, you, listen, you oh, obviously oh, got a spot yeah. on the playlist. Let's go, man. Um, now you have put me on the spot. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Um, oh, don't be shy. There's one track. It's got to be something Motown. Okay. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Okay. God, so much. The four so tops. Sort of if I'm well, a bit emotional. For... Yeah, we'll do it, man. We'll probably go more Al Green. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, or, no, actually, no, we're going super emotional. Otis Redding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... These arms are mine, or pain in my heart. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not going to be honest. You're not going to get two on there. So just <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Pick one. And so just on. pick one, bro. Yeah. Uh, pain in my heart. These are these okay. arms are mine. Is a bit dirty. Done. So Ot- Otis Green, Ot- pain in my heart. Ot- Otis Redding. Oh, sorry, Otis yeah. Redding. Yeah, pain in my yeah. heart. Oh, okay, wow. done. Consider choice. it done. Oh, brilliant. Love it. No, like we had so super random ones. Like, yeah, who else? Won? Daniel Clifford, who let the dogs out. Hashtag joke. Like, yeah, I'm not going to put it on bro yeah not gonna lie <laughs> that is like so you had your chance and you failed yeah. <laughs> like no that and then like brilliant. but no, daniel hum he uh bjorn from Franson, he had like the kooks i think oh, really uh, so gordon ramsay had paul weller like it was oh, super like, so yeah cool. it's cool this. so then on the back of the menu as well we do like so you get the menu on the front and then you kind of get like a, sn- a, s- a snapshot of the playlist on the back yeah. and it will name the song and, and who which and the chef, chef that picked it, it yeah. out that's, that's so really cool good. that's, that's really super unique good, yeah. isn't it so yeah and I think that was just like it was one of their moments like you find a purpose to do it it, f- it felt like it made sense and then yeah. we just rolled with it love it absolutely so. love it let's move on to our next topic shall we Food critics. <laughs> I love we've never really because we've done TripAdvisor every single yeah, we've never podcast. Really never really gone into the food, food critic critics. world. First question I want to ask why is why does that keep feel like it's flashing? Your phone's flashing. Your phone's flashing. It's not. Yeah, but why? <laughs> oh fuck! It's Daniel Clifford going. Have you put who let the dogs <laughs> out on yet? It was sweet. We're good. Man. Okay. Um, hey, the first question I wanted to ask about food critics is: Do you always know when they're in? Do they make themselves known to you? If they're if they're like a reputable critic, I suppose you might know them by face. But otherwise, do they just sneak in? And what what's the sort of like? In, the, my, in my experience, I don't know. I've only think I've had about four or five in what ten years of being a head chef of big reviews. Oh, okay, Jay Rayner twice, which was here and who? Jay Rayner. Who? <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I'll keep that in as well. Yeah. Great reviews. <laughs> uh, but you spot him straight away. He's pretty distinctive. Oh, very distinctive. Yeah, so straight yeah. away. And we've got an open kitchen, so I saw him. I was like, yeah, that's Jay Rayner. No <laughs> that is definitely Jay Rayner. So, yeah. um, but no, generally they don't. I, mean, I don't know if you've had different experiences of it, but for me, it's like you don't know. And I, I'm, I've always been too busy to trawl through the booking system. Yeah, yeah. So I just had to, especially the first few years here, just go with it and... Like I never spotted a Michelin inspector in our first two and a half years. Mm. They're even harder to spot. Yeah. We know that. Even We've after they're that. gone, I never even knew. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you do they do reviews bother you when you see it when food critics, you know, reputable food critics, write a big thing about your restaurant? Do you read it? Do you care if it's good? Do you care if it's bad? Yeah, do you just yeah. what, what's the you read it? I mean, I've really only had good ones. Apart from there was one that was. Um, he was in The Guardian by John Lancaster he's retired now oh, yeah, he was yeah. quite, quite a big deal he back was. in the day but um, his review he slated half of the restaurant and half of the meal and loved half of it oh, okay. but it was music to my ears because I was at Tottenham Mill at the time yeah. the service was shit <laughs> right. right like really shit the managers <laughs> were shit and I was constantly banging on about this how you know how much investment I'd put in yeah. the food the effort everything we were putting in it wasn't being matched on the other side mm. and so he come and reviewed it and basically loved the food and basically well, what the fuck are they doing with the service there's two young boys running the restaurant got yeah. um, it was great. matching it and there's no there was no hospitality there was no like welcoming in this beautiful little boutique hotel where you're expect you spend a lot of money you're expecting yeah, to be yeah. looked after of course yeah. so it was just on the table this is what I've been banging on about wow and then nothing changed so that actually, oh didn't it I was going, but that must have been yeah. quite nice for you because it was like yeah, it, you know, summed up exactly what you thought didn't change anything but it just it just gave a bit of peace of mind that it's like well, sort of somebody that you know I know mean, it's only one person's opinion but to put that in the paper as profoundly as he did yeah yeah you know it's like okay I'm not doing anything that wrong really yeah definitely yeah um, I know you famously reviewed a reviewer. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away from that, Tom. Yeah, Can I not? <laughs> Did you read it? I've yeah, I, I've read. I think the first three paragraphs, and then I thought it started to feel really sad in my soul about this poor reviewer you reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The cheeky fucker even asked who wrote it. I fucking wrote it. Yeah, I bet, I bet you did. Yeah, but. What, you, people think that you had a PR person yeah. on, on top of it. Well, who advised you to write it? Oh, uh, right. No yeah. fucker advised me. Actually, everyone advised me not to write it. Well, yeah, what? naturally, your PR would, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd no, look. I, I, talk I, us, I had talk the us same through the sequence. This is probably the question that get asked to me the most, like, genuinely. And I have no regrets in my response to Faye. Uh-huh. Like, it's, it's pretty common knowledge that it was Faye Mashler. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate when I opened Story I think six critics reviewed Story A.A. Mm. Gill Giles Corrin Tracy McClure Marina O'Glocklin Faye Mashler someone else did I say Giles Corrin yeah would you have read they them all they all gave me five stars okay great well, yeah. I think all of them other than Faye Faye gave me three right uh, her finishing line was this will be a restaurant to um, to visit and never return um, we're seven years old in April <laughs> um, no but look I think actually I thank her for that also mm. because I think it probably made me review harder than ever 
you have to reinvent yourself continuously as a chef? Well, that's sort of going to be my question was, even though it was perhaps overly scathing and didn't match everyone else's judgment, was there anything in there where you but, thought, no, actually... No, I didn't reply to the story one. The story one was sweet because it, she was just critiquing what she saw as the restaurant mm. she complained about, like, she complained about car lights from the road while she was dining just random oh, shit whatever on, but yeah. what I find ironic about the, the whole process in general and I just speak openly about it and, and actually young chefs should hear this shit is that she refused to review story unless she was the first through the door right okay openly Wow. She was like, I will not review this restaurant unless you are, unless you can guarantee me that I will be the first critic. Because she like, wanted to escape. To write it. Yeah, she wanted to, she, because, yeah. because Story's opening was, was at the time. Anticipated. Probably, yeah, and it was yeah. like, so through my PR at the time, my agent, I said, cool, okay. Like, obviously she's like, you, like, Faye's going to review a restaurant. That's a fucking big deal. Mm. I'm like, cool. I'm actually not even asking I don't even mean that they're not okay you're going to give me a pass and give me a nice review and hence the reason I never responded to her she gave me three out of five I read the review it fucking pissed me off met probably shed a tear like real talk Mm. and I moved on but I listened to what she said I took it in I sucked it up and I moved forward right and actually like I said her finishing line in that review I still think about yeah and I wait. It's, it's provided a motivation for you. Yeah, just providing me the motivation to reevaluate yourself constantly and, and never be complacent. And that I'd never want Story to be a restaurant that you tick off the list mm-hmm. ever. Dude, speaking about the good ones, then do they? Do you notice the impact when uh, Jay Rayner comes in and gives you a good review? Do you? Do you does that? Oh, bookings have gone up since that. Do, do they have a big? For us, it's massive because of where we are in Stratford. Yeah, of course. Travel to yeah, it. Yeah. You know, I don't know how it is in in London if it's any different, but the impact was yeah. huge. Our website, our bookings went crazy that day. It went. We were only what five six months old yeah and yeah it just went through the roof yeah. Yeah, I think the review I responded to Faye about was for a restaurant that I was advising on mm-hmm. and I just make it super clear and I made it clear yesterday I did a podcast yesterday with Matt Lucas and I just want to make it super clear that I responded because the journalism was lazy right got it yeah. and you, every human being on this planet in any industry has a right to reply yeah and but not only because you're representing a business and people that work for that business that pay their wages and their mortgages and their, feed their children through that, through that kind of critical path. Like, I don't give a fuck if you've wrote for fucking seven months or 70 years. Mm-hmm. Like, there is... I, I read the review and everyone in my camp and everyone outside of my camp advised me not to reply. And I told them all to go fuck. (laughs) No, you know why? Because I didn't... I respect... I respect Faye and what she represented. I grew up up as a young chef dreaming of critics reviewing my restaurant because if you're being critiqued, it means you're progressing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point to make, yeah. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Whether you get fucking one you're star on a radar, or five star, aren't you? any yeah. young chef listening to this or whoever listened to it, if you're being critiqued, it's because you're making progress. Yeah. And I and I can warrant I got critiqued probably more than most. Mm. And this was four years on from the opening story, and there was no relationship between what she wrote about story to what she wrote about the restaurant in time that I was I was consulting on. But essentially 
the journalism was lazy and I stand by it and, and re- read the response it, it states what it states you know you can't write a review and not fact check what you're writing and you know she talks about red cabbage in addition it's in it's fucking purple carrot yeah. like I can't respect that I'm sorry no, no, it's like, fair. Yeah. and I wanted to I wanted to make that clear that you have a responsibility as a journalist and your re- your writing being creative is one thing mm-hmm. but the facts have got to be yeah there, come yeah. on like you, I don't give a shit if you like my restaurant or not like I don't because if I did then I would never do the job I do yeah. like what what these journalists forget and I speak for all of them is that we spend our lives seeking the approval of strangers <laughs> yes I yeah, do when are you point, ever going to yeah. fucking realise that yeah, yeah. I'm going to have 40 people walk in my restaurant tonight and I don't know any of them yeah and actually all I'm doing deep down is seeking the approval of them to say you know what you had I loved my dinner tonight yeah so why the fuck would I give a shit about what you write (laughs) yeah 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 it's such a but then if you are going to write something like make sure the journalism's on point yeah yeah because it invalidates the the claim doesn't it make sure the journalism's on point yeah Mm. and you can go deeper like she wrote that shit on the train on the way home. Yeah, yeah. Or she had a bad day that day. Or I don't whatever, care. Yeah. Like, I just go on what I read in front of me. Yeah. AA Gill. AA Gill. And like, service. like, rest in peace. Because for me, was the greatest food journali- journalist that ever lived. Mm-hmm. His writing was fucking beautiful, man. Yeah. And you were engaged in it. In his reviews for me were more about the writing than the than the review. Yeah, yeah. And I, I get that. Yeah, you know, and I think Grace Dent is on a similar path now. I think her writing's amazing, and people look at me and go, "Oh no, you just can't take criticism. You got all these great reviews for story, and their favorite a shit one." And, no fuck, really? That's the laziest. You know how again, many people yeah, yeah. tweeted me and DM'd me telling me I was a wanker and I was a show off. Fuck no, really? Yeah, and like, oh, you can't cook. You just want to be famous, and and all of the, like the amount of hate that mm. I received over the last seven years yeah like genuinely some of the things that I've been sent like you can't even comprehend wow and, yeah and I think anyone that knows what chefs do and Paul will know this when you go through what you go through to be a chef now young 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 chefs now believe because of of the likes of leaders in our field and and actually there's huge positives to take from it like yes you can be you can be hugely successful now in in hospitality mm-hmm. you can mm. right but fuck me man when i started cooking 17 years ago did i start cooking because i thought it'd make me rich or famous no. are you fucking joking me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the mistake I it's the wrong be- motive i cooked because i love to cook yeah 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 it just happened that when I opened Story, the same year Instagram happened, Twitter happened, the whole industry caught changed, a wave. Yeah, and everyone yeah. went through a huge path of education. Yeah, and for anyone to stand in front of me and tell me that I became a chef because, like, I'm more art bothered about people liking my shit on Instagram or that stuff I just, it's like alien yeah yeah and, and I think that, that it when is, it's, it's just like, like you said lazy assumption isn't it really or mm. jealousy generally yeah. 
it's what it what it tends to be. Our own people, like we were saying earlier, those those people's insecurities. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think like like just to finish off this whole subject because I I don't like to talk about it because glad we picked it. <laughs> no, no, of course, but everyone wants to hear about it. But yeah, people yeah. need to understand that, like, my response to Faye. Listen, business is business. Like. I thank her. She gave me one of the biggest motivations in my career that what she wrote about Story will stay with me forever Mm -hmm. and I will make sure that that never happens. Story will never be a restaurant that people tick off the list and as I said, you know, seven years in and we have big plans for the future and we're not going anywhere and she played a part in that and you can always take positives from negatives and that was the first review and it sucked for me because it was my life's work and I wanted sure. better and I, I aimed for better and I didn't get it. You fast forward three, four, five years down the line. Happy I'm, days. I'm advising on a restaurant that she then decides to review and I responded purely based on the journalism and that's what people need to understand. I'm not I'm not basing it on, on her criticism of the restaurant. Yeah. Anyone that can read it without influence just read it Mm -hmm. that's all I ask just read it I actually think I start like I can't even remember now but I I think I start my response by saying actually how much respect I had for Faye yeah yeah. okay should we do some do you want to do some listener questions should we do oh yeah yeah Yeah. okay we've got some in on the night some amazing sound bites tonight (laughs) I can imagine the the Twitter fuck everyone man (laughs) we've got Chris King here he says are there uh, are the chefs trying to attract a certain an age profile from their clientele as we often feel young by comparison to the overall dining room is that true is that ever, everything you bear, bear in mind we're thinking about the demographic no not really we've got a real mixed bag of customers here I mean when you've donned here you can see that like we've got every age group and we suit you have to know we're kind of because we're approachable yeah we get definitely. you know young elderly middle aged loads of disposable income you yeah. know we've got a table of five downstairs tonight and there's a four year old having the eight course taster menu wow and was then, that tonight yeah wow yeah, that's amazing crazy. that is um, incredible so no we are open to a lot of people and we're approachable so we don't specifically target anyone no you know working in a lot like country house hotels and the history like they're, they're known for just being like doctor's waiting rooms sure. and but you're never designing menus for a demographic I suppose no, you're never thinking oh I've got a target audience I'm going to aim the food at them nah no, you're not just doing me. what you want right no just doing what you know is going to work and for your guests your restaurant and your food and your style mm. what about you Tom yeah I think I think now more than ever I think you, the younger generation are more engaged with food mm-hmm. um, yeah I think that's probably true so social media is a massive part of playing that yeah I don't think I I find it hard to say that a chef would target a certain demographic in terms of like yeah. age or wealth or anything like mm-hmm. that I think yeah. that you know I've seen over the last probably two three years younger a younger demographic Mm. dining with me Mm -hmm. but I think that's purely through education and exposure to our industry definitely definitely. and that's all a good thing right that's all positives okay another quick one here from Chris Ryan uh, saying what restaurant would you have I love this question actually what restaurant would you have liked to have worked in when you were starting out salt (laughs) good (laughs) Good answer answer. (laughs) top 10 points (laughs) 
There are only places where, oh, or you maybe had a close call, you had an opportunity well, to go, there's, but didn't. There's like iconic places that didn't exist when I was starting cooking that it's like I wish I'd have just had exposure to that like you know Harvey's when yeah, you know, Marco was there just to be exposed yeah, even yeah. just to go back in time to and the spend heat. a few days there just see what it was really yeah, like really. to the danger zone yeah yeah, <laughs> fucking right in there <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true though like, it I, is yeah. I, say, I, I, I completely mirror Paul that I'd have I'd have fucking loved to have worked in Harvey's really yeah, yeah okay. man because I feel like that shit right there is like they're the there's certain moments through like industries where you like that was the time mm, and yeah. I think I feel like Marco at Harvey's and to an essence actually I felt a little bit like that when I worked for Tom yeah in the early days yeah it's restaurants like that were yeah like it was like they were the moments like where Tom now would say I worked at Le Tonclair with Pierre Kaufman yeah like you're going back fucking 40, like 30, 40 years or yeah. whatever it may be. And it's like, they were, like, as Paul perfectly put, like catalysts for change and like innovation and mm -hmm. progression. And you just want to be in their moments. That hot man. pot, yeah. Yeah, you want to be in their moments. Yeah, yeah especially you hear all the stories, you see the little video, you just, you just want yeah. to experience it. Yeah. Great answer, love it. Okay, let's do some TripAdvisor review, shall we? One of my favourite segments. This is how the game is played if you've never heard it before. It's dead simple. I'll provide both of these guys with a TripAdvisor review about each other's restaurants, but they have to decide whether it's real or fake. I'm gonna let Tom go first here. So Tom, I'm gonna read you a review. You have to decide whether it is a real review of salt or a fake one on TripAdvisor. Okay. okay. One star review. Doesn't bode well. One star. N one star. One out of five stars. Fake. Oh, there are plenty. I hate you. <laughs> uh, Never open is the title of this one. I wish I could give this place a higher rating, but the owner is terrible. He clearly doesn't know what he's doing. This place is always either full or closed when I want a table. When are they going to understand that the only way they're going to be truly successful in this town is by opening all day and offering a pre-theatre menu? No Stratford restaurants can prosper without one. Is that a real review of salt or a fake one? What do you reckon? A real. I, I think it's real. I think it's us. I'm going to say real because he's a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really pleased because I've duped you both there. That is a fake one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because oh, right? I've had similar ones on Facebook, people having a go. Uh, everyone does because we were either full or closed everyone yes. does yeah. and, and actually you duped me on that because remember our conversation earlier like oh we don't want to compete with people that are doing like pre yeah. so I'm thinking this fucking yeah. this yeah. is Legend fucking the real <laughs> Got it. that's a setup. that's what you call a setup. <laughs> and, okay. and tedious it? link to that Obi, Obi Trice the setup, great song Okay. <laughs> Amazing opening beat to that. That should be the opening song to this podcast. <laughs> Obi tries to set up. Listen to it, man. Oh, Jonathan, our composer, will be devastated to hear that, but we'll try it. Uh, okay, your turn. Who was uh, it? Oh, it's a place down the road. I'll tell you after. Oh, okay. Um, okay. It's on public domain. It's a trip advisor. <laughs> yeah. You can say it. Oh, that's true. No, yeah. I just don't want to be... I don't want to, I don't want to be do like... Only, I reckon, though, with this shit, you only do negative reviews. Oh, yeah. I want to do a nice yeah, one. That's not fun, <laughs> is it? Uh, lovely yeah, food. Great I mean? time. Was it real yeah. or fake? <laughs> I think fake's looking for an approach. 
Apprentice. Fucking hell. Okay, on that lovely note, your turn, Paul. Is this a real review of Restaurant Story or fake? One star. <laughs> fake, I know you get one star. <laughs> the title is Pretentious Junk. Okay. Ever left a restaurant hungry? Question mark. Try this one. <laughs> that, that's straight out of the TripAdvisor reviewers playbook. That yeah, that asking themselves Finger a question. Food, <laughs> yeah. Still hungry, pretentious, Emperor's new clothes. That's in the playbook. <laughs> Emperor's yeah. new clothes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's expensive. The food is bland, and the courses are tiny. The premises are in a location and of a design that would not do a Costa Coffee justice. <laughs> there are many restaurants within 500 metres. Every single one is better than this. I live here and I can guarantee that I've never experienced a more pompous load of old rubbish in 30 years. I suspect it will close within 12 months. Is that real? I, I reckon it's okay. based on the fact that if they live there... I mean, a property value is going to be expensive where you are. You'd hope they'd have a bit about them and not be a twat like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going with somewhere so else. Really it's really sad. Else. It might be true. I don't know. Would you, you reckon it's true? I reckon it's Listen, somewhere Listen, man, if they're fucking a hater, tell them to join the queue. Okay. Because <laughs> it stretches around the whole block. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that that was... True. That was a real review. But our when was that posted? This is it. Stay put. I suspect this will close within twelve months. Yeah. June twenty sixteen. This review four uh, years ago. Sweet, and yeah. you're already a few years old. Yeah. His <laughs> name was Mark, so we can say fuck you, Mark. Yeah. Still there. That was, fuck you, Mark. <laughs> that was Mark Ashler, um, <laughs> <laughs> second cousin to fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but plainly was. Okay. No, cool. And that's mate. I've never even read that review. Oh, mate. Uh, I should have read that. You don't have to worry yeah. about it. No, but you know, I did actually. So, Remy or Vashvis, how long ago was it that I removed all social media from my life? Did you? A year now. Wow. A year? You're in a better yeah. headspace because of that? No Twitter, no Instagram. Like, it happens, mm. but I don't do it. Oh, you really? don't do it now? I don't touch it. No, no, no. interesting. Yeah. I don't look at it. Yeah. Nothing. Oh, yeah, I don't that. blame you. And you know what? Like, I feel like this is a poignant point to talk about, and I'm not even being, like, that guy, but, like... You think about, I spoke a little bit about it with Matt Lucas, which I feel like it was kind of forced upon me, but actually when I got into it, I wanted to talk about it. The, the consequences of what people can say online, and I feel it's important because of any young person that wants to, that is striving to, to achieve something, like you put yourself in a forum where you will be critiqued and people will have an opinion of you. And now more than ever, there's such an uncontrolled environment where people can po- the people can have that opinion mm-hmm. that it's it's super important that you you remember why you started and irrelevant of perception of how strong you you may may look to others. That I've had some really shit times myself and where I felt really shit about myself and people have said things that you know I had people say really horrible things to, like to me like really horrible about myself about my family purely out of there's no real kind of you can't even understand why they would say them kind of things the motive yeah and I think it's a kind of really poignant time when you look at only ever so recently what happened with Caroline Flack and and we talked about when I was talking about Michelin 
the other day, like the chefs that have taken their lives because they've lost stars. And I feel like everyone has a bigger responsibility about what they go out and say mm. and how they say it. And clearly the people that own these platforms aren't able to control it. So it comes down to the kind of human factor of and duty of care of us being able to control it. Mm. And I think it's fucking really important. Like I was 25 when I opened my restaurant. I was a boy. I had no idea what was ahead of me. And people like, you know, my mother always used to say, if you've got nothing nice to say, then don't say nothing at all. Mm -hmm. I think it's super important. Like you, you never really truly understand what people may be thinking or going through. And doesn't matter if you're creative, if you're on a platform or you're not mm -hmm. like, it's not cool. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've been a victim of it. I'm sure you have, Paul. Yeah. And we laugh about it now. We can have a drink. It's and all, all you can do, though, isn't it? A bit, laugh at it. You can, or you can go the other way. And sadly, the other way doesn't end well. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And, like, we can actually use platforms like this to talk about it and say, you know what, like, everybody needs to take, like, be aware. And, we, you know, me removing social media was partly because... I wanted to remove myself from that kind of behavior, but also I wanted to self-focus and just, I'm very much about, I take the day as it comes. I always strive to be a better person. I make mistakes every day. But actually, when you think about like, what is the idea of being, of like perfection? I used to believe like naively as a young chef, like our oh, perfection was to have three stars. That's what being perfect is. Mm. Now I realize actually being perfect is the relationship you have between yourself and your friends and your family and your peers. That's what's being perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think like for anyone out there that has a platform that they can talk on or they have a voice, like it's really important that you think about what you say before you say it. Um, because now more than ever social media and them platforms have, have removed kind of the human factor yeah sure you're faceless yeah, yeah. It's, it's very easy to be you know horrible people to be or nice people to be horrible when they're not because it's just so easy this platform that's been creative where you're hiding behind that's it. the classic thing of would you say it to their face probably exactly. not yeah you know, if you're walking exactly. down the street would you have done that no and it, and it is really true like you know and I, I think that like for example, the review, we did that whole just review thing there, right? Like, I don't know what my ratings are on TripAdvisor or OpenTable or any of them things. I don't, I don't actually know. But if you, if you had a really bad time at my restaurant and you felt that it was really bad, mm. just email us directly. Mm. I'll pick yeah, up yeah. the phone and ask to talk to me. Yeah. We'll definitely. talk about it. I'll refund you, maybe. You know, if you feel that mm. you were that hard done by, I'd like to learn from it as a chef and a restaurateur mm -hmm. and say, okay, t why was it that bad? You know? Mm. And well, you, you don't need to go out on a public platform and do that. And I think that's, that's the bigger picture. Yeah. And I just, you know, like, it, it saddens me. I spent probably the last six years of my life being criticized daily and now it's become part and parcel of my day-to-day -day living and you just kind of you you roll with it you laugh it off you yeah, shrug yeah. it off you make jokes about it 
but any 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 creative i'm not even talking about a chef any artist music actor anyone that says that they don't take what people write about them seriously is a fucking liar mm. like genuinely like yeah. i'm sitting here talking about what Faye wrote about me seven years ago mm. and how it still reminds me to to reinvent myself and look in the mirror every day and never be complacent so of course that shit lives with you yeah of course do you think that she goes to bed and feels the same way no no yeah. and and I just feel like there's a there's a level of responsibility and people more now than ever people taking their lives over this stuff, kind of stuff and it's shit right yeah 100%. like it is shit mm. thanks for being so honest about it it's refreshing yeah. to hear that sort of perspective. No, yeah. like, I don't know how you like that's genuinely how I feel like mm. yeah yeah and it's becoming more and more popular in every industry especially like you know where, where you're in the spotlight yeah. like more and more popular especially it's especially easier than ever nowadays. to get the publicity from it is you know people have got room. you know what 10-15 years ago people didn't have access to you so you never knew what they were saying or thinking. Now everybody's got access to you in some way. And what's crazy about that is we're all a victim of the technology that we created. Yeah. yeah. And it's what's even sickler, more ironic it? yeah. is by choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that goes back to me removing that. Like, me, me leaving all of the social platforms to my team now. I, I made a conscious decision to remove it. Mm. And actually, my partner, my girlfriend, was a massive part of that because she saw what it was doing to me yeah she saw what it was doing to my life and it's just not cool wow and like I said it's ironic in our industry that we we basically spend our life trying to appease others yeah. through our through our craft yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know we don't we, we don't do it for ourselves yeah hospitality we do it for others yeah and yeah. then for that to be a platform for people to speak so candidly and openly and and a, a lot of the times it comes from you know the uneducated mm. because it, purely people that write that have to be yeah. like, I would never go online and write them things no 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 you just take a certain person to yeah, do that yeah, yeah. I, no, I think that that's important that people understand that because people that, li that are listening that they, they understand that okay that people have written that but you know you can't you can't allow that stuff to be validated. No. No. Agree more. Okay, let's... Um, Sorry, so it's guys. No, it's true, no. I apologise. Don't no, apologise. Fuck all them, Fuck them, man. <laughs> it's great no, to hear about it. No, it's but... It's that honesty. Yeah. Yeah, but no, no one ever expects me to say that. Because mm. they're like, oh, you know... But it's true. Like, I speak to my closest about it. Like, it's true. It's fucking mm. shit. Like, you can't... You can shrug it off for so long... And just keep rolling. And it's like, oh, yeah, prove the doubt is wrong, all that kind of shit. Like, you know, like... But in the end, actually, like, where does it stop where actually, no, people shouldn't be allowed to behave like that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's just no yeah. legislation or anything, though, is there? There's no rules. It's just a... Because I suppose Twitter, Facebook, etc., they would say, well, we're a newsstand. We're not the newspaper. We're not publishing anything. We're just a newsstand. Yeah, you probably know more. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, where is that... Where does that lie? Like, yeah, no, it's just... It's, it's grown... It's, it's grown, area, it's grown it's so... It's grown so fast in such a short period of time. Yeah, people don't legislation know how to hasn't yeah, got yeah, yeah. A, a grip of it. Yeah, very that's, valid. That's all yeah. what it is. Okay, right, let's move on to boiling point, shall we? This is where uh, our chefs tell us... I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I can't really no, I judge whether you would be like a hothead at times in the kitchen or not. Maybe you've experienced. Yeah. Don't have you got names? Like not something you've done. 
because I know you're not a hothead. Do you want to yeah. kick us off? <laughs> uh, a pale now. apple. Yeah, now, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe once more um, time. Do you want to kick us off, Paul? Yeah. Go on then. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right, Dad. Yeah, this is quite a random one. It's not in the kitchen or anything, but oh, it's okay. kind of associated. Yeah. On I, one, I once wrote a TripAdvisor review. <laughs> I gave them one star. <laughs> About a restaurant that could have been a Costa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like loads of restaurants. Do you know what? That, what made me laugh about that review is I was thinking, what the fuck is 500 metres away from me? And actually, Remy will vouch for this. The only fucking <laughs> note, there's Chicken Cottage and Weatherspoons. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, bro. In 500 meters. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Tasty wings on a Friday. There's the Ivy open now on on the on the river by Tower Bridge, but I I would say that if that's even better than me, then I'm fucked. <laughs> Love it. Go on then, Paul, kick us off, mate. Um, yeah, I wasn't in the kitchen. It was kind of associated when I was. Um, what would I have been about 24 I went I did a stage out in New York at WD50 oh yeah I was out there for like three weeks when was that 2007 was Sanchia the pastry chef um female she Sorry, was I'm there yeah she worked at Nomad yeah, yeah she worked under Alex Stupak bro yeah she she, she just started she's awesome man. yeah scary don't know yeah <laughs> tell me I'm wrong yeah really yeah I was uh, what 24 2007 I was on star, uh, station at WD50 just out there like the waiters weeks. come up to do drinks uh, we could get some uh, drinks yeah, I'm just trying to fuck this story. We're throwing me off here. Well, you can keep that bit in. That bit. Can I take um, five? And Does I, anyone yeah. know the Champions League score? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, United won four 0 Did they? Yeah, they did yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's commentary. Yeah, but that must be shit. Like. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> what league are they in? First league. League one. League yeah. one. First league. As in the same league as Forest. No, no because that was that, championship. That, that's championship. That, yeah. Is it still championship? Yeah. I've probably changed names. So it's uh, Premier League Championship League One. Is that <laughs> fuck my story? Like, <laughs> fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, I'm done. No, no, <laughs> it's shits anyway. W- <laughs> WD50. You're the, you're, I never knew you started there though. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, it's cool. Wiley's a cool guy. So you were there when? 2007. Only a few weeks. I'm trying. I I think I was. 2007 how old was I then 25 26 I might have been there at the same time at per se like in New York I'm trying to think but like if Rosier was there with Wiley I I reckon I might have been how long did you start that football just a few weeks did you enjoy it yeah, it's amazing. Super molecular, though, no? Yeah, it was, and I never wanted to cook like that. I just wanted to experience it and see what it was all about. And I, I took a bit from it, but it wasn't about going out there to do cook like Wiley. It's just mm. like let's see what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, learn yeah. it. He's a cool guy. It's Immerse cool yourself place. in it. Yeah, and see what you know. And you take stuff from it. But and I've New never York's cooked cool like that. I never tried man. to. Um, but I went out there on a, on a budget, like you know. Um, so I stayed in a hostel. Yeah, on a budget, and it was like you walked in the room, and there was like five bunk beds, and then oh, you walked God. through it into another room, three bunk beds, and it was like it was like thirteen dollars a night. So I didn't give a shit. Um, I I was working out partying all day, so I just slept there. So it was fine. I didn't socialize with any of the guys. So I was on the bottom bunk, and there was this guy above me. 
and it was late and I'd been out and working all day. It's a boiling point story. It's not even You'll kitchen, find then. out. Because yeah. I was on stage, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 it's such a cheat. That's such a cheat. Hey, I have hey, to give to one every week. time. Yeah. Yeah. This that's is my 20th. Okay, fair, yeah. fair, 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 yeah. fair, 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 fair. <laughs> so the bunk bed starts rocking. Oh, no. And I'm like... Oh, they're banging. What's going on? No, no, it's a guy on his Aussie bed. Guy on his own. <laughs> and I can hear him like... Oh, no. Shut up. So he's, he's having a wank. Oh, oh my, my God. Shame. And I'm like, how fucking dare you? This room's full of people and you're having a wank above me. Did you kick off? So I just punched the fucking mattress underneath him. <laughs> and he stopped. He either finished or just stopped. Like... <laughs> And I just don't know how They call it a donkey pun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was there, I just remember hitting as hard as I could, like, fucking, how dare you? How and dare just you? It. And I'm right below. Yeah. I could have come up and helped. <laughs> <laughs> Will you invite me? not ask. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, it stopped him oh, dead. Mate, and then he couldn't look me in the eye the next morning. I bet. Dirty bastard. Dirty Go fucking... to the toilet or something. Like, yeah, I'll just be quiet. Yeah. Do it really slowly. Yeah. Can you hit us up with a boiling point story any times you've lost your shit or someone's lost their shit on you I don't have any man really no, no. one's ever lost it on you <laughs> I don't believe that <laughs> at all how many do you want man just one just, just one. one come on your best one best shot go on no because I can't give the best ones I actually can't okay so a medium one you don't have to give names it's better no, that you don't sometimes <laughs> I, I try not to yeah no like what do you want? Like again, this is like before. Like you want the most brutal thing, or like no, whatever, really. Yeah, like, yeah, sure, whatever. However, however you feel comfortable. Where the kitchen has just where gone you feel mental. Going. So something like right, anger, craziness, whatever. Where you want to take it? Yeah, I don't want to be serious, but like like young message to young chefs, like the industry's come so far, and it's people like Paul. And so many others that have probably actually done this podcast. Like, when I left to go to America and I watched how Thomas Keller operated, I spent fucking basically two years working for him, but actually two years just being in awe. Mm. Of like, wow. Yeah, it's amazing how he conducts himself. This, this himself. is actually how a kitchen can operate. Yeah. And it was like, but don't get me wrong. Like, I had some moments working with Thomas, but it was like, there it was like, you were so afraid of making a mistake purely on the factor of letting people down. Yeah, rather than getting shouted at. Yeah. Yeah, that's the difference. Like, I've let the team down. It's the whole classic, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. That, (laughs) no, but, 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 but fuck does that shit cut deep. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it does. And basically fucked up so hard in a service at per se at the time you're like three star restaurant number four in the world and the head chef at the time was Jonathan Benno who is an amazing chef he literally he like the only way I can describe it and I know this because he was a massive American football fan he ran the team like an American football coach would like you had your offense, your defense, your special teams, your like he ran it like that. Wow. Like he was the quarterback. Yeah. Like and I believe he took a lot of like inspiration from that. Mm. And you were so in fear of just letting the team down. Yeah. I never forget. We had I was on I was fucking young man. I was at like eighteen. 
Yeah. And I was on oh, I was on Entremet. My meat cook at the time was David Breeden. David Breeden is now the executive chef of the French Laundry. Yeah. So we were like line cooks together. Yeah. That's cra- crazy, right? yeah. We had this dish on, I'll never forget, it was Wagyu with um, like this like Japanese sauce, Tokyo turnips and radishes. And fuck it, I'll tell the whole story. And Matt Orlando, mm. who is now owns Amass, was the sous chef at the time. And I was the 18-year-old kid from London on Garnish. And I had two pots on the stove, literally like that. Mm. One had hot radishes in and one had cold radishes in. And the way it worked at Per Se was you never... You, you, you put the garnish up, the sous chef took it and they plated. Mm. The sous chef took the cold radishes and put them on the pass, oh. not the hot ones. And my back was to the... Yeah. I was doing whatever I was doing. Happen, yeah. mm. I turn around to, like, full force Jonathan Benno, which is, like, pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. And there it was, like... I literally went home to my flat in, like, Upper West Side near Harlem, and I just cried all night because... I was so upset. They basically they kick you offline. Go home. Basically, yeah. your shit. Make you feel not needed. Yeah, your not shit. Go home. Really? Go home. They threw the tray. The radishes. God. They're fucking cold. The whole kitchen is looking at you. Mm. And I was like, wow. And I went home and I fucking didn't sleep all night. And I was like, oh my god. Like the the whole history. Like Tom Akins got me this job through Thomas Keller. Like I fucked up. I've let no, you know. I've, mm. I basically thought I was going to lose my job. Yeah, yeah, that's madness, isn't it? Right. I come in the next day. They sat me down. Jonathan did privately. I never forget in the PDR. He was just like, "Chef," I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "We don't make mistakes here. You might make mistakes in London. We don't make mistakes here." And I was just like, okay, I'm like in Champions League now. Yeah. No, like, yeah. Like, you know, like, I was always like in, in where, I, like, before, and it's not even disrespect to, to Tom Akins, but it's like every day shit went wrong, and you like, you almost celebrated finding a way out yeah, of it. Problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Where here, it was like, no, 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 shit doesn't go wrong. Yeah. Wow. And you're thinking, fuck. <laughs> you're in, no, you're in a completely different world. Yeah, mm. yeah. You've gone from where, like, fight, solving a problem is a win. Yeah. To that even being a problem is a, is a failure. Lose, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, but you're like... Totally then, different mindset. No, but then, yeah, but then you realise, like, fucked. Like, there's a reason Tom Akins even sent me here. Because he knew, he knew that that he couldn't offer me that progression. Yeah. He knew. And like the the level of control and integrity and like moral code was like far surpassed what you were putting on the plate. Mm. And that was like such an amazing learning curve. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. And like I, I always think of that moment now actually, of like it doesn't even matter whose fault it was and I don't care. But the actual reality of like we don't make mistakes here. It's like NASA, you know. It's like, yeah. it's like zero tolerance. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, 
but that's how it is mm-hmm. and the way that you you get to that goal is systems protocol consistency like all of the things that you need to not let that happen mm. yeah and you're just a cog in the wheel. What an incredible time of your life to figure to learn that way of thinking at 18. That must have had a massive impact on you, actually, to sort of see that level at 18. Yeah, but it years changed old. my yeah because it changed my whole perspective because I've gone from being in a completely different environment, but where the food gave me a hard on 24 <laughs> seven. No, because Tom's imagination and mm. was unbelievable. But actually, the methodology and the process behind it was idiotic. Right. Okay. And, and chaos. At, yeah, chaos yeah, times, yeah. 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 And, and I think he'd be the first to say that. Mm-hmm. I then went into a world where maybe the the finished plate didn't inspire me as much, mm. but the process was way more important than the product. Right. Okay. Got you. But listen, the product was still unbelievable. But the, 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 all the focus was on the process. Yeah. Forget yeah. the product. Yeah. Because that, wow, that takes care of itself. It's fascinating, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know? Like, just focus on this and that little bit. Mm. That's the easy bit. Right? Yeah. And, and you probably see that, Paul, like yeah. running a restaurant for the amount of time you have. And I see it back in London now. Like, it's all about the process for, yeah. for me more than ever. Yeah. That is a brilliant, brilliant yeah. lesson to leave things on. I think we've had some great stories. You, yeah, it's philosophical brilliant. and deep, but I absolutely love I it. Know, yeah. I know, I love it. No, it's been no, great, amazing, mate. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Um, just want to say thanks again to Gusborns for providing the bottle of red. It was bloody beautiful. Did you just give one. Yeah, just one. That's it now. Never have another one. I don't want the deal. <laughs> uh, remember, you can order from their website. It's gusborn.com. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram. Wherever you are, however you're listening, thanks so much for downloading. And here's to you, Tom, for a great nightcap. Thanks so much for coming in, mate. Really, really appreciate cheers. it. No, no, no. You're going to cheers with that? I mean, cheers. Yeah, I'll drink oh, it all. Wow. <laughs> yeah, just for the sake of the audio. That's all yeah. it is. Cheers. 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 Thanks for having me. Pleasure, no, mate. Thanks for coming. again for downloading the Nightcap Series 3 Part 1 again in partnership with Guzborns. Obviously they supply some of the top restaurants and hotels around the world and they are still open for business. Simply visit guzborn.com to place orders and see which of their new very special releases are available for you to enjoy at home for the very first time. Free delivery, no minimum order requirements either, which is pretty incredible. If you love listening as much as we love doing it, spread the word. You can help others find it by leaving a rating and review on iTunes via your podcast app and for the price of a cup of coffee a month support the pod on patreon it's patreon.com forward slash the nightcap and we're also giving away signed menus from paul's michelin style restaurant salt there and we're gonna be selecting one day one of our patreons to come and sit in on series three part two recording later this year so that's patreon.com you'll find all the t's and c's on the patreon page in the meantime go distract yourselves you can listen again to all eight episodes of both series one two and the christmas special with michael o'hare via your podcast podcast app and for more content and videos follow us on instagram and twitter and facebook at the nightcap underscore pod enjoy